Bandwidth for This Week in Photography is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. Hi, this is Scott Bourne from This Week in Photography, and today I'm going to do a quick little tutorial on how to convert a color image into a black and white image in Photoshop. I'm going to show you a couple of different methods, one that you can use if you have CS2 or older, and one that you can use only if you have CS3 version of Photoshop. I have an image here uh, up in Photoshop. I'm running on a Mac, but you can do all the same stuff on a PC. The commands are almost identical. This is a photograph I took in downtown San Francisco on an architectural walking tour. Uh, in the foreground on the left is Lada's Fountain, a very famous fountain where uh, right after the earthquake, all the people in San Francisco got all their water, and it's right across from the Palace Hotel, which is one of the finest um, examples of architecture from that era in San Francisco. But I happen to think that architectural photography looks better as black and white, just my personal taste, so I want to make this a black and white image. First, I want to quickly show you what not to do, please. You can go up here to Image, Mode, Grayscale. Notice this word, Discard. Anytime you see the word discard in Photoshop, this should be a red flag to you that you don't want to do it because discard means throw away data. We go out and we spend tons of money on these great cameras with all these millions of megapixels and we're going to throw away two-thirds of the data? Yep, that's exactly what you'll be doing if you click discard here. Boom. You just threw away the data. Now, the image doesn't look bad, but we just lost a ton of information. How do I know? Let me go back to edit, undo, grayscale. Let me bring the cursor to the bottom of the screen here. Notice that this is a 28.8 megabyte file. And when I go to image mode grayscale and click discard, now look at that. It's a 9.6 megabyte file. I'm going to hit edit, undo grayscale again. I don't want to do that because that's just really, really bad. Really, really bad. Instead, I want to use a more sophisticated method that gives me a lot more control. The first thing I'm going to do is duplicate a layer here because I always like to make these corrections on a layer. It gives me a lot more flexibility. So you can simply go to the menu here and say layer, duplicate layer. You can give it a name, just accept the name that uh, Photoshop has given it, which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to click OK. So now that's the active layer, as you can see in the bottom right corner of the screen. All the changes we make are just going to happen on this layer. The original document will remain intact below. I'm going to go to image adjustments channel mixer now this is the method that you can use if you have Photoshop CS2 and it's the method frankly that I sometimes still use because I have lots of different presets I've built in my mind that will help me keep certain images looking the way I want them to matching the old days you can save these presets by the way there are several included with Photoshop and uh, I'm going to actually show you how to manually build one first I'm going to click on monochrome, and right away you'll see that we have a black and white image. Also, go down here and remember that document size. It's still 28.8 megabytes. We didn't lose anything by making that correction. So already we're ahead of where we would have been if we used the original convert to grayscale mode command. Now, you'll notice that there is a 40-40-20 split here, and that that equals 100. Using the channel mixer, you want to stay around 100 to get a realistic-looking black and white photo. Now, you can go past 100, but if you do, you're in the realm of stuff that no longer looks like a black and white photo. It looks like something different, fine art, special art, infrared maybe, not quite black and white. And you don't have to be anal about this. It can be 101, 102, 103. It's not a big deal, although Photoshop will give you a warning if you go past 100. 
I'm going to experiment here, and I like high contrast in my architectural photos, so I'm going to bump up the red channel to about 65. Notice that this made it 125%. We got the little warning sign from uh, Adobe saying, warning, the total is greater than 100. That means we're kind of getting outside the bounds here. I'm going to reduce the green channel to about 29.25, let's say. Notice that took this to 110. And now I'm going to bring this guy down to about 10. Now we're at 100%. And now we have this very contrasty image. I can check and uncheck the preview button to show you the difference between the color image and the black and white image. And I have a pretty nice looking photograph. It, it works well for me. I can add a little bit more contrast, reduce contrast. I can work, you know, in any of these channels. If I want to blacken the sky and get a really dramatic thing, or I can open up the sky, then I'll have to bring back down the red channel. But the nice thing here is it's what I think looks good, all based on my eye. I can replicate certain papers and processes I used to use in the wet dark room 20 years ago simply by moving a few sliders, and I can get a repeatable result. In fact, you can save a preset based on any of these actions. Uh, you have preset options right here next to the OK button. You can save this as a preset. You can load a previous preset. I'm not going to bother with that now. You can uh, move to built-in presets like black and white with red. That's 100% red and 0% green and blue. If you don't like that, you can adjust it a little bit, bring in a little bit of green like I like to, and uh, maybe you get down here closer to what we just had to start with. That, that would be more to my liking for sort of a red filter effect. I could save that if I wanted to. So you have the ability to save and load presets. You have the ability to, at your leisure, decide what's important in terms of red, green, and blue, and mix those in a way that gives you a result that matches what you're looking for. I have a 28.8 megabyte image just like I started with, but I got to control the black and white process. You want to make sure that you save that as a different name so you don't overwrite your original. So I'm going to save mine on the desktop as BW1. Click Save. Uh, I'm going to click OK. Select those default actions. Now I'm going to go to File, Open Recent, and there's the Palace original file. So you can see there's the color image and the black and white image. Now I want to show you another way to do this that is available to you only if you have Photoshop CS3. I'm going to once again go to the Layers palette, drag the background layer on top of the new layer icon, which makes an automatic background copy. Now I'm going to go to Image, Adjustments, and Black and White. Now this gives you a whole lot of control as well over the black and white image. In fact, it gives you a little more control than the Channel Mixer option. But if you don't know what to do with it, it can be dangerous. So you may want to stick with the channel mixer option, or you may want to experiment here and learn how this works. So for instance, if we want to directly impact the sky, notice that I'm only impacting the sky because we know the sky is blue. If I want a darker sky or a lighter sky, I have the ability to change that one slider. Now, Lada's fountain is kind of gold and orange, so you'll see that I'm affecting Lotta's fountain, as well as a hue on the building that was coming from the sun by moving the yellow slider. By moving the red, I also affect the same thing because that's all in the same family. 
Let's look at the green, not much impact. Cyan's gonna affect the sky. Magentas, once again, not a whole bunch of impact. Now, we can, once again, use presets like maximum black, maximum white. We can use neutral density, red filter, and you'll notice that the red filter makes it look a little bit like what we did in the channel mixer. If we think that blue sky is too dark, we can lighten that up and get an image that's fairly similar. But I want you to notice that when you do this using this tool, sometimes you get some pixelation and some JPEG style artifacting. It's not a JPEG, but it looks sort of like a JPEG artifact. And for that reason, I don't like to overuse this tool. Um, you can click the auto button, by the way, and just get an approximation of what Photoshop thinks. And once again, you can save these as presets. Click OK, layer flatten image, and once again, you've made another black and white photo. You may like this one better than the first one I did. I actually like the first one I did better, but that's all taste. Once again, we can save this new one, and we'll call this Palace BW2. Click OK. You get the idea. The point is you want to work on a document that retains all the original data, and you want to play with these sliders to get a look that mimics what you're going for as an artist, what you thought you wanted to achieve. If you pre-visualized a certain look, if you've seen some of the old architectural photos from the 70s or the 60s that you really liked, or maybe you want an Ansel Adams-style black, that's all available to you, but you got to be patient and work with the sliders. Now, lots of times people ask me for my presets and my formulas, and I would give them to you, except I don't think that's really good for you. I think it's better to experiment with your own and come up with things that you like and that match your style. And it may look different on your monitor than my monitor. So don't be focused on formulas. Just remember, stay close to 100% and get it the way you like it. The number one thing to remember when you're working on an image in Photoshop is design it so it looks good to you. Chances are it will be good looking to everybody else. I hope you found this helpful. And uh, we've got this going up on the Twip Photo blog. You can leave your questions, comments, and concerns right there. Just want to say I'm not claiming this is the only way or the best way to make black and white images. There's lots of options out there. This is a way. I hope you learned something from it, and we'll see you on the next Twip. For now, we're going to put the lens cap right back on.